Good afternoon. I just want by beginning to ask you today to pray for all our second graders who today, this morning, and this afternoon received their first Holy Communion, that God may already set their, heart, their hearts on fire for the love of God in the Eucharist. Let's pray for them always and be delighted that they have received this moment. I was reading a story, all of us must agree, that uh, in, the late, in, the, in the 70s and 60s and 80s, you can say, the famous evangelist in the United States was Bill Graham. And I was reading his memo, memo and it told the story where he was going to give a talk in North Carolina. And as he went there, he realized he was two hours ahead of schedule. So he decided to sit down in his car and write a letter to someone. And so he had enough time to drop to the post office. But he didn't know where the post office was. So he saw this young boy, asked him, can you direct me the way to the post office? The boy said, oh yeah, sure, I'll go like this. After this, we'll find the post office. Then Bill Graham told the boy, you know, tonight I am preaching at the church next door. And if you want, you'll come. I'll give you a front seat. So I can teach you how to get to heaven. The boy looks at him and says, you have no idea how good the post office but you can teach me how to get to heaven. I said, no, thank you. Jesus today declares that he is the way, the truth, and life. In the 15th century, there is a famous writer called Thomas A. Kemp, and one of his most books is called The Imitations of Christ, which I encourage you to read sometime. And he says three things. He says, without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without life, there's no living. That's a summary of the readings we have today. On this series, as we continue, our theme today is the reason Christ works powerfully through us. And the question is, how does it work through us? Through you as an individual, but also through as a community of his believers. The reading today, the gospel today, is set on Holy Thursday, the night before Christ suffers. He knows he's going. His time has come. And he's preparing his, his disciples of his departure. And of course, you can even read the mood up there. It's very sad. There's some brokenness. I remember very time, one time my mom, I was, I was young, and he was telling me to do some things I didn't want to do. Do this, do this, do this. And I was always fighting her all the time. And she said, I don't care if you fight me, you have to do it. I said, I don't want to do it. She said, my job is to prepare you if I am gone. You won't be a problem to someone who ever adopts you. So every parent's responsibility is to prepare your children for your departure. Because time will come, God is going to call you, the question is, are your children prepared for your departure? Because if you know they're not prepared, better start. So Jesus today is set in the upper room, is preparing his disciples for his departure, and he's telling them, I am going to the Father. Of course, you could see Thomas says, he speaks for everyone. He says, we do not know where you're going. We, all of us, how can we know the way? He speaks for all of us. We do not know where we're going. How can we know the way? 
Jesus responds by saying, because he sees their sadness. Why don't they know the way? Because their hearts are troubled. Their hearts are saddened. He's suddenly leaving them. They do know the way because they're troubled. But what causes this is the lack of faith. That's why he says, you have faith in God, have faith in me. That's why lack of faith is always a lack of trust. So today, Jesus addresses his disciples. He prepares them for his departure. Yes, there is sadness, but he's telling them most importantly, says, you are going to remain in me. Jesus is inviting us to remain in him as he is in his father. Because we know where Christ is, the Father is, so the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is always one. When we gather today to pray, he's, pre- he's preparing us. We're doing that what he told his disciples. We gather together tonight to do what he taught them. In his preparation, he taught them how to keep his memory alive. Say, when I am gone, this is how you're going to keep my memory alive. First of all, he gave them the Eucharist. We gather to break the bread, as they did, to have the memory of Christ present. And when we receive the Eucharist, Christ, whom we received, asks us to take him into our world. Take me to your world. Take me to your brokenness. Take me to your struggles. That's where I want to dwell. Because he didn't come just to show us the way. He is the way. He didn't come to show us the life. He is the life. So Jesus is telling us he is the revelation and he's also the one revealing the revelation. The revealer and revelation is one. So we as a church, anytime we gather together to break the bread, we remember the memory of Christ. He empowers us to live as Christ. How do we do that? By listening to his words. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, he says, Teach them to observe all I have commanded you. Teach them to observe all. Whenever we live by Christ's teachings, whenever we listen to God's voice, whenever we fill with the Holy Spirit, it's Christ who lives in us, as Paul says. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So I'm going to ask you today, before you go, before you t- go to bed tonight, ask yourself, how have you been an imitation of Christ today? How have you been an imitation of Christ today? We are invited to imitate Christ, to learn from him, and to live like him. By doing that, we are allowing Christ to work through us. We saw in the first reading that this, the early church is in trouble already because, of course, as usual, problems come from food. The widows, the Hellenist widows, they feel they're not being taken, taken care of. The disciples called the whole church together. They didn't decide this by themselves. They brought everyone together, young, old, whoever you are, male and female, Greek and Jews, together the whole church. They prayed together with one heart, asking God to help them solve the problem. Through prayer, they selected the deacons. And the problem was solved as the whole church. Young as you may be, old as you may be, we are the church. It does not matter where you are in life. Jesus wants us together to move his church, to bring the world into his church. 
Let us ask God today, as I ask that before you go to bed, ask yourself, how have you imitated Christ today? And secondly, how have you been a life to someone in your life? Because when Christ gives us life, he expects us to go and give this gift back. The gifts we receive are not meant to be called on to for life. We receive them so that we may give them away. Christ disperses his gift to everyone, to his children, to his creation. The gifts we have are meant for the good of creation. That's why he's asking us, the gifts I've received you, how have you brought them into the world? How have you brought the world into in line with God? Let us ask God for the grace today to re realize the gifts we have and also to know our mission. Where there is a gift you've received, there is a mission. And that mission is where you live, where you stay, your friends, that's your mission. Let us ask God for the grace or is know who we are, what our mission is, so we can allow him to work through us to reach his children. The Lord be with you.